Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rattling, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. Hey everyone, it's Rena Jada with the Health Bootcamps. And this is the beginning of our multi-part series on the autoimmune fix. And here is the amazing world-leading Dr. Tom O'Brien. Welcome, Tom. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. This is truly an honor. And for everyone out there that's listening, my God, you are in for a treat. Dr. Tom is such a fountain of wisdom brilliant insights and true understanding of health that you are truly in amazing hands over the next four to five series. So make sure you watch every single one of those. Okay, let's get started. So this is part one and today we're going to talk about what the heck is an autoimmune disease anyway and what are all the different names it goes by. Dr. Tom, what's autoimmune? The word autoimmune means that your immune system is attacking your own tissue. Um, like your thyroid or your brain or your bones or your muscles. And it's always been considered to be a mistake of the immune system or the immune system gone wild. You know, uh, but we now know that's not true. Mrs. Patient, your immune system is the armed forces in your body. It's there to protect you. There's an army, a navy, an air force, a marines, a coast guard, IGA, IgG, IgE, IgM, all these technical parts of the immune system, they're all there to protect you. So when you understand that it's your, the immune system is protecting you, when it gets activated, the question is, what's it trying to protect you from? So true. So, so when you go see a doctor and you've got symptoms, and let's say that you're diagnosed with diabetes or with Hashimoto's thyroid disease, mm -hmm. it's like you've fallen over a waterfall into the pond below, you know, and you mm -hmm. swim up to the surface and <coughs> you, know, you get the water out and you're trying to stay afloat in this pond of diabetes huh. or this pond of recurrent miscarriages or this pond of Hashimoto's thyroid. You're trying to stay afloat in the midst of all these symptoms. So everybody's looking for the life jacket so right. they can stay afloat because the water is so turbulent because the waterfall keeps falling into the water. You're still living the life that created the problems you've got. And you're, you're, you're in this turbulent pond and the waterfall keeps coming in. Wow. So you want a life jacket with the least side effects possible. So a natural approach at first, if you can, you always try a natural approach. If it doesn't work, you take the drugs. Mm. Don't be silly about this. You take the drugs so that you can stay afloat in the pond. Mm. But then you swim over to the side of the pond. You get out of the water. You walk up the hill. You walk back up river and find out what fell in the river that carried you downstream and eventually took you over the waterfall into the pond below. Right. That's called functional medicine. Ah. And I'm on the faculty of the Institute for Functional Medicine, and we teach doctors how to do this, how to go back upstream. It's called going upstream okay. to figure out 
what happened to this person? And I'd, I'd like to give you just one example, if I can. Yes. Let's say a woman comes in in her early 30s and she's got lots of gut symptoms and she's diagnosed with an autoimmune disease like colitis. Mm -hmm. uh, and colitis is an inflammation, an itis yes. of your colon, like bursitis, conjunctivitis is an uh, inflammation in the eye, arthritis is an inflammation in your joints, colitis is an inflammation of your colon. So she comes in and she's fallen into the pond of colitis with lots of gut symptoms and they do the test and the doctor says, oh, you've got colitis. Right. And you know, you're gonna take this drug or we have to do some surgery or... So you try for the uh, life jacket with the least effects possible, but when you go back upstream, you have to go back and you take a look, and this is true for any health condition, any health condition. You go back and in the questionnaires, if you do the right kind of questionnaires, how was your mother's pregnancy with you? Huh. Was she on any medications? Hmm. How was childbirth? Were you born by natural childbirth or by cesarean section? Because, here's an example. We know in the last month of pregnancy, mom's reproductive tract, the vaginal tract, the, the bacteria in the vaginal tract completely change, and there's a whole lot of a bacteria called Prevotella, which is really hard to even find any other time in the reproductive tract. But in the last month of pregnancy, it's dominant. There's a whole lot of it. Why? Because Prevotella carries the DNA messages of the mammal that's going to be feeding that baby. So when baby is born by natural childbirth and comes down the canal, baby is smothered in Prevotella and other good bacteria in the eyes, in the nose, in the mouth, in the ears, you know, all of the film that babies come out covered with. That's all really good bacteria. And that bacteria gets into baby's digestive tract and migrates down and says, okay, and it turns on the genes that says, okay, baby, Here's the, here's the formula of the milk from the mammal that's gonna be feeding you. Wow. So let's get these cells starting to make these digestive enzymes. Oh, wow. And let's get these cells over here ready to go. Now, every baby at birth it has severe intestinal permeability. It's normal to have intestinal permeability at birth because when they're inside uh, the womb, they're swimming in this soup of mom's amniotic fluid. You know, it's just all this soup. So there's no borders, I mean, from the mouth and um, right. the gut, it goes into the bloodstream, everything. But at birth, that natural childbirth, the bacteria will give the message to turn the genes on in the baby's gut that says, close down those tight junctions now. You don't need to have a leaky gut anymore. It's time to have a normal gut because food's gonna start coming down in a few months. First, here's, here's the recipe for mom's milk that's coming so you can digest the milk, but let's close those tight junctions. No more intestinal permeability here. So when baby is born by C-section and doesn't get that, what so many obstetricians know now, because there have been many, many studies on this over the years, the obstetricians will take a sponge and kind of insert a sponge in the reproductive tract so that if baby has to be born by C-section for some reason, the obstetrician then takes a sponge and just smothers baby with the sponge 
to give baby as much of that good bacteria as possible. So that's one of the questions for the 34-year-old woman that's come in. How was your birth? Was it a natural childbirth? Was it a cesarean section? Did you have any, anti, any antibiotics in the early part of life? Um, and you find so many kids that had recurrent ear infections and they've had multiple doses of antibiotics, which alters the gut of the microbiome, the good bacteria gut, completely gets altered. So that baby then, uh, after birth, is colicky. Okay. If baby was born by C-section, they're much more likely to be colicky and just crying in pain, mm. uh, crying when they're fed. And then they get, they're much more vulnerable to ear infections and asthma and in and, the and, uh, uh, early teenage years, acne. And then they get constipation, um, uh, which progresses through their late teenage years. And if it's a woman, uh, menstrual irregularities, their cycles are not regular because the microbiome is so out of balance, has been for years. And then they go into their 20s. And they've got severe menstrual cramps with their cycles. And the cycles. You are literally describing my life. This is a mechanism that's so very, very common. And then they come to you at 34, and they've been diagnosed with colitis. Am I going to treat what? the colitis? You know, of course you want to give the safest life jacket possible right. so a person can function, calm down the inflammation as much as you can. Right. But you have to change the environment that this body has developed from. You have to rebuild the microbiome, help build stronger thyroids or adrenals or whatever tissue didn't have a chance to develop properly. Oh my goodness. You, I think, just answered the question dominant in most people's minds when they fall sick, which is why me? Exactly, exactly. You just have to go back upstream and you almost always can find out what it is. And it's literally all the way to birth, huh? Yeah, oh, even before. Now, we now know that it's generations. It goes back generations sometimes. And, and that the DNA um, uh, in the microbiome gets passed on by the mother to the baby. And uh, mother carries forward from generations beforehand some of the health problems that grandparents and great-grandparents had. Let's take a look at what are all the different autoimmune diseases today. So for those of our listeners that are trying to understand, you know, is the series something that I want to keep watching? You mentioned diabetes. You yeah. mentioned colitis. Yes. Go ahead and give us the list of the dominant. Sure. sure. There's over 80 of them now that we know for sure. Multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, lupus, which is systemic lupus erythematosus. Uh, scleroderma, psoriasis, um, Alzheimer's is autoimmune, Parkinson's is autoimmune, cardiovascular disease begins as an autoimmune mechanism. There's over 80 of them now, so there's no tissue in the body that may not have an autoimmune mechanism going on. Uh, hepatitis is autoimmune. What about cancer? Is cancer autoimmune too? Cancer has an autoimmune contribution to it. There's more going on in cancer than just the immune system attacking self, but there is that component to it there also. I think it might be easier for you just to tell us what is excluded from the autoimmune list at this point. Like what's not autoimmune? Oh my goodness. Um, let's see. Happiness. 
<laughs> um, there's well, no it'd be condition. nice if happiness was autoimmune because then we could all just you know be infected with happiness how wonderful there you go. That? wouldn't that be great that, that would be great no but actually happiness is something that you have to develop like a nice garden a beautiful garden yes. you, know, you 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 slowly have to uh, make room for the beautiful plants to grow and flower and the weeds not to grow so much oh so true so in terms of just helping people understand yes there is autoimmune it's probably coming from something that happened way back when what else are the symptoms you talk about spectrum in your in your book autoimmune fix so for someone who hasn't yet been diagnosed what are some of the symptoms that may be giving an early indication of something more serious brewing down the road because as we know disease doesn't happen overnight you know you don't get cancer overnight or you don't get ms overnight colitis isn't overnight it's taking years so how do you know what those symptoms are so you can take the right steps to prevent getting a colitis or getting ms it's really a good question and unfortunately there's no simple answer you know what's happened is that we have grown up in a society and we believe it's our birthright that some other person is in charge of our health. We go see them when we're sick. Okay. You never see them when you're well, right? Mm -hmm. We treat our cars better than we treat our bodies because yeah. there's an owner's manual for the car. And so you go in every 5,000 or 10,000 miles, they change the oil, they do whatever they do. When's the last time you went in for a tune-up on your body? Yeah. Right? But this thing... This thing has to run for 80, 90, 100 years, 24-7. Yeah. There is no machine that's ever been built that can do that. Yeah. But we expect this body to do that without giving it maintenance. Mm -hmm. So we have to reframe how we think about our bodies. They're not like addendums yes. that we think about only when they're acting up. Yes. That when we start learning how to appreciate how these bodies run and what's good fuel to put in them and how do you help them to rest when they need to rest and how do you work them out in a way that uh, 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 encourages stronger tissue, uh, a healthier function. And when you learn these things, your whole life changes. Um, people are just happy and they're, now, and, and I'm not talking about being blissfully ignorant about what's going on in life, but they feel happy. They wake up in the mornings and they're ready to go to, to embrace and tackle whatever it is that they have to tackle. You know, but it takes a while to get there. This is a concept that I want to introduce right now. And it comes from a Tibetan word called, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I think it's Maitri, M-A-I. T R I. Mm -hmm. And it means loving kindness yes. and an unconditional friendship with yeah. oneself. Mm. That so when your best friend is you, you treat yourself in a way, you know, better than you hope that somebody else would treat you, you know, because if you don't treat yourself well, how can anyone else treat you well? What does that mean? I just read a paper last week that people that eat um, uh, French fries and potato chips three times or more a week have a five-fold increased risk of early death compared to people that don't eat French fries and potato chips three times or more a week. You know, that when you eat those bad fats, 
They're just bad for you. Bad means bad. Well, I can have a little. Well, no, you can't. You know, the, when, when you eat those bad fats, those, the remnants of those fats stay in your bloodstream for 57 days. Oh, my God. That's how long you can find the residue of bad fats in your blood, and your immune system, trying to protect you, has to fight these things that are not supposed to be there. So you've activated your immune system for 57 days, in essence. That's right, just to fight the French fries that you ate. I mean, I love French fries. I love truffle-flavored French fries, right? I'm a sucker for those. But if I have them once every three months, it's really a treat. Uh, It's really a treat. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't want to do that very often. Let me give you an example. And then you start thinking about all of the fats that we've eaten in our life that aren't so good for us. 40% of the, the, the cell wall of your brain cells, the wall, it's called the membrane. That's the wall around the cell is made up of fat. Mm. 40% of that fat is DHA. That comes from fish. There's two major components in the fats of fish, EPA and DHA. The DHA is really good for your brain. When you don't get enough DHA, your body is still going to make new cells. And if you don't have enough of the correct raw material to make the cells, your body will use whatever it can, you know, and you build your house out of straw instead of brick, right? So what does that mean for brain cells? I'm going to date myself here. You know, you, we used to go to the doctor and you go in the bathroom to leave a urine sample and you put the cup on the, a lazy Susan in the wall. And the lazy Susan, you, it rotates around to the other side of the wall to the, and the nurse is over there and she runs all the tests on it. That's a lazy Susan. The way your brain works and the way your nerves work is that they're lazy Susans in the cell walls, in the membranes of the cells. And one cell makes a chemical that goes through the cell wall, through the lazy Susan, to the next brain cell. It takes that chemical and it tweaks a little bit, goes to the next brain cell, to the next brain cell. And there's a line, and that, that line of cells makes your nerves. And they communicate through the lazy Susans. But if you've made your house out of straw instead of brick, your lazy Susans are all rusty, right? and they don't turn very easily. They, you, you don't communicate very well. That's why the studies show when you take kids with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder mm-hmm. and you give them the good fats from fish oils, especially DHA, mm-hmm. in six months to a year, their IQ goes up. Really? It's because their brains are functioning better because the lazy Susans, have now, they've pushed out the bad fats and you now have good fats in there. And their IQ goes up, they think better, they're more coordinated muscular-wise, they're more athletic, um, and their processing is quicker and more accurate. You see the studies again and again and again like that. So that's just one example of putting the right raw materials in there. And that's true for your skin, it's true for your bones, for your thyroid. So autoimmune diseases, are when your immune system says, we've got a problem here, and the immune system is trying to fight something. Mm -hmm. So where does that come from? Why does your immune system try to protect you and it's attacking your own tissue? Okay. 
So autoimmune diseases are when your immune system says, we've got a problem here. And the immune system is trying to fight something. Mm-hmm. So where does that come from? Why does your immune system try to protect you and it's attacking your own tissue? Why is our autoimmune system trying to protect us? What's going on? I'm going to tell you two studies, two, and then tie it into your question. The first one from the World Wildlife Fund came out about two and a half years ago in conjunction with two major universities. And um, the way they do the stock index um, uh, for investors, um, the, the, the mathematics that they do for that, they did the same type of mathematics looking at 17,000 different species of uh, life on the planet, insects, birds, animal, mammals, fish. And what they found out was that between 1970 and 2011, there has been on average across the board a 58% reduction in populations of all mammals, or not mammals, all vertebrate species on the planet. Anything that has a spine. Oh. Insects, birds, fish, mammals. Wow. 58% of everything is gone in 41 years. Gone. Now, for birds, it was 35%, but for mammals living near fresh water, it was 78%. 78% of the beavers are gone. The cougars. The muskrats, they're gone, 78% of them in 41 years. Why? They're drinking the water. And if you were drinking the water coming out of the streams by your home or the, by, uh, from the river by your home, you'd get cancer quicker. You'd be unable to reproduce just like the animals, right? Now the second study. The second study was from 1974 to 2011, so almost the same time, 37 years, as opposed to 41 years, 37 years, and it was a meta-analysis. And what that means is they looked at a whole bunch of studies on the same topic, and it was over 180 studies, and they looked at sperm count in healthy men, not in fertile men, but healthy men. And in the last 37 years, there has been a 59% reduction in sperm count in healthy men. Oh my goodness. Scientists worry about extinction of a species at 72%. We're at 59% in 37 years. So now take the first study, 41 years, 58% of all the animals, uh, or of, of all the vertebrate species, 58% are gone. 78% of those near fresh water, gone. And then the second study, 59% reduction in sperm count in healthy men. And at 72%, you worry about extinction of the species. Now the question is, why is this happening? Right. And so that's not, now we get to why is autoimmune disease happening? It's for the same reason. And that is the amount of environmental chemicals that we are exposed to every day has never occurred before in the history of man. Never. Right. Let me give you an example. You go to a coffee shop, you get a coffee to go, you put a lid on it, yeah. the hot liquid, the steam from the liquid goes up to the underside of the lid, 
it condenses and it drips back down into the coffee full of bisphenol A. Bisphenol A is a chemical that uh, it helps to mold plastic. You put the coffee cup up to your lips with the lid on it, the hot liquid hits the underside of the whole lid and it tapers down into the opening full of bisphenol A. Now what does bisphenol A do? Bisphenol A does all kinds of nasty things in your body, but mainly it acts like a very powerful estrogen. Oh, I see. In that it binds onto estrogen receptor sites. And that's why autoimmune disease is much more common in women than in men. The average is three to one. For some like thyroid, it's nine to one. Nine yes. women, yes. Uh, for every man there's nine women that get thyroid disease, autoimmune yes. disease. Yes. It's because these estrogen-like chemicals bind onto estrogen receptor sites. Oh, wow. And then the immune system sees this chemical bound onto your receptor sites. What's that? I better fight that. And the immune system attacks that thing. It damages your tissue. Then your body has to get rid of the damaged tissue to make room for new cells. And so you make antibodies to that tissue, like your thyroid. And then you have this circle going and you just keep making antibodies to your thyroid Wow! in this example. The autoimmune diseases, they're all just going through the roof in the, last, in the last 40, 50 years. This is why. It's the amount of chemicals that we're exposed to every day. The, the lipstick we yes. use, the yes. shampoo. You know, you read what's in the shampoo. You have no idea what all those chemicals mean. But you inhale that stuff, it gets in, it goes right through your lungs into your bloodstream. Yeah. Uh, or the, the acetone um, uh, for yeah. nail polish That's and right. the chemicals in nail polish yeah. is directly associated with developing the autoimmune disease systemic sclerosis. Oh. And, uh, so you, you, we see these correlations um, of mercury. I mean, every yeah. tuna that you, all, except for one, all tuna now, except for one, has mercury levels in it, yeah. and it's just terrible, terrible, you know, because uh, tuna is a great food for you, but it's full of mercury now. And, and so we see this world of toxic chemicals and heavy metals that we're being exposed to, and these things accumulate in our body. I used to make jokes about this, oh, 20, 25 years ago with my patients that I saw an article that in the embalming industry. They use less embalming fluid now than they ever did before because our bodies are already preserved <laughs> full of these toxic chemicals. I mean, you know, so they're using less embalming fluid. I mean, that, uh, it, it, that is so horrifying that you have to laugh at that, that we are, <laughs> we are being embalmed alive and we wonder why our bodies are fighting so hard to protect us. That's right. And, you know, this stuff is so overwhelming for people. That's why I talked about my treat. And the, there's two concepts. One is Maitri, be kind to yourself. Yes. And the second is one, just one. In the Museum of Science in Florence, there is a display. It's um, a round uh, marble stand with a glass dome. It's about this high. Yeah. And it's Galileo's finger. Oh. And, it, and if, you, if you go to Amazon, type in Galileo's finger. There's a couple of books about it. Galileo bequeathed that all of his inventions could be on display for all of posterity, as long as they also displayed his finger. Oh, okay. 
Uh, and so I used that slide and took a picture of it. And I use that slide talking to physicians all the time because doctors don't know all this stuff that I'm telling you. And I tell them the more technical aspects. They don't know this. And I say, look, here's what it takes. And um, the analogy I use is I say, you know, I've sat where you are hundreds of times in seminars over the last 35 years. And if it's a good speaker or a good panel of speakers, I'm furiously taking notes, like some of you are in listening to these podcasts and these events. Yes. You're taking notes and pages sometimes of notes. And, you know, and I take notes after notes after notes, and I go back to the practice on Monday morning. There's no time to implement any of it. And everyone laughs. It's, oh, that's very true. That's very true. So I came up with the philosophy. If there's one thing, mm. just one thing that I take home from this weekend seminar, it stays with me in my practice for the rest of my career, then the thousands of dollars that I've spent to fly to the city, rent the hotel, pay for the conference, pay for the meals, be out of my practice, it was worth it. If there's just one thing, I wish I could remember 10, but if there's one right. that I implement for the rest of my career, it's well worth it. So I use this one finger concept oh. to say, if you allocate one hour a week, just one hour a week to learning a little more on this topic wow. of autoimmunity, for example. Yeah. One hour a week to listen to this, uh, this series, maybe again and again, just one hour a week. In six months, you've got this down. Yes. And at that point, you're implementing some of the things. For example, you aren't going to Starbucks to get your coffee without your mug. Yeah. And you say, fill it up, please. Yes. And then and then you're not using those plastic lids, right? Absolutely. You'll learn all of I mean, why do you take your shoes off at the door when you walk in the house? Yes. It's not a Zen Buddhist thing. You were walking down the sidewalk to come home, your neighbor sprayed the sidewalk to kill the, the weeds yeah. yesterday. Now now you've got Roundup on your shoes. Yeah. You walk in the house and on the carpet in your house with your shoes on, now there's Roundup on the carpet. Your little infant is crawling around in the carpet or your teenage daughter is doing her homework laying on the floor. Now they get Roundup on their arms and their hands and it gets in their face and it gets in their body. The toxic chemicals. And we, wonder, and we wonder why everyone's sneezing and has so many allergies. That's right. That's right. That's why you leave your shoes at the door. Yeah. Why does everyone need an uh, air filtration system in their house? It was in the 1990s that the study started coming out in Mexico City, that every dog, when the dogs passed, if they did autopsy on the dog, every dog had evidence of Alzheimer's, oh every dog. Goodness. And in the early to mid 2000s and late into the early two, uh, into 2008, 2009, mm -hmm. the study started coming out because we came up with the blood tests and the urine tests mm -hmm. to look at every child they check in Mexico City has inflammation in their brain and evidence of early Alzheimer's. Every child that they check. Oh my God. It's the air pollution. It is so bad there that you breathe it in, it goes right through your lungs, mm. directly up to your brain, triggering this inflammation in your brain. Mm -hmm. We know now there's five different types of Alzheimer's and the most common type is inhalation Alzheimer's. Mm. It's what you're inhaling every day 
that's gasoline on the fire in your brain. You're pouring gasoline on the fire every day. If you live in a moldy house, yeah. if there's mold around, if you've got mold in your bathroom and you yeah. can see it, you're throwing gasoline on the fire of your brain every day. And it may take 20 years or 30 years before you've got dementia. But rest assured, it's most likely happening. You know, so, one of my symptoms, uh, Dr. Tom, had been brain fog, you know, of my 28 symptoms. And so exactly. I had been desperately trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with me? What is creating my 28 symptoms? And so someone had said something about air. And I said, what? I live in this beautiful golf course community. I'm surrounded by vineyards and olive trees. I live in heaven. What are you talking about? But okay, I'm going to go find out, you know, kind of what's being sprayed. I reached out to the local county office. I said, send me what's being sprayed. They made a bit of a fuss. They said, you're not going to go do some great, awful write-up on us. I said, no, no, this is for me personally. So they sent me a list. They sent me this spreadsheet. Yeah. I spent some time Googling to figure out, okay, what the hell was being sprayed around. And the conclusion I reached was that when I went for that beautiful walk or that run, because I love running, the harder I ran, the more sick I was becoming. So the concept of, oh, I'm going to go out and breathe some beautiful, clean air is no longer our reality today. So it, That's correct. It is not. If you want to know how bad it is, take your car to the car wash. Go to a really nice car, you know, the one where the guys have the water bottle on their hip and they, <laughs> right? And they wipe, you know, all that. Drive home. Leave the car outside for four hours. Set your alarm for four hours. Then go outside and run your hand across the windshield. Yeah. That's what you're breathing. You can't see it. You can't taste it. You can't feel it. But that's what you're breathing 24-7. And that's the, most, that's the most common trigger for Alzheimer's now is inhalation Alzheimer's. So, I mean, that's why you one hour a week because this stuff is so overwhelming. It's like I'm just doing this with you right now. And yeah. it's going to be overwhelming to you. But yeah. the goal here is to motivate you yes. to embrace this concept. All right, I'll give this one hour a week. This guy's making sense. And if you get the book, The Autoimmune Fix, yes. you'll get lots of all these details and the little pearls in there, you know, of, of how to do this and what to do. Yes. Uh, uh, but you have to be really kind to yourself. You have to be patient and kind. And don't expect that you're going to get well tomorrow because what's taken 30, 40, 50 years to develop is going to take you a year to two years to reverse. Yes. And I've talked to so many friends who struggle with the concept of knowing the right thing to do and then actually doing it. And to your concept of Maitri, I always say step one is just looking in the mirror every morning and saying, I love you. I care for you. You're the most important thing in my life. And it changes subconsciously how you treat your body the whole day. Yeah. It'll stop you from eating that French fry because the first thing in the morning you said to yourself was that you love yourself and you take care of yourself and you're going to protect yourself. And that's not what you're doing when you're eating that McDonald's fry. It makes yeah. it easier right? So that was one of the tricks that I did. And it's a uh, Louise Hay. It's not my own trick. Everything I did was learned from some brilliant genius like yourself. That has I would suggest uh, one, one tweak to that mm -hmm. because I think the majority of people cannot look in the mirror and say, I love you. And you, you were not able to do that the first time you read about it, it or you were told about it. Yes. So it's just like everything else. And, and, and the concept is base hits win the ball game. Mm. Not home runs. Mm. 
base hits win the ball game. So if you look in the mirror in the morning and you know your mind says, "Oh, my hair," or "Oh, yeah. I've got this thing here," or whatever, you know, your, your mind's going to do that because that's the way we're programmed. We say, "You know what? I just I'm going to take a little better care today of me than I did yesterday, just a little bit better." And if you hit it, if you hit it from that base hit concept, it's not so challenging. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I think, you know, for me, my mind says, oh, I love you more than anybody else is like, uh, most people can't do that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's, that's one of the hardest things you'll do because we take ourselves for granted. Right. And not until you've lost everything around your health do you understand how invaluable it is what your body is doing for you you know your yeah. body's job of keeping you strong and healthy and going we just take that for granted to your point yeah. we don't give it the right fuel we don't give it the right sleep we you're right we take better care of our cars because hey that might be leased you know that i might need to actually return or <laughs> i paid money for that right so, they're too expensive right it's too right. expensive right i gotta take care of my car because i right. pay a lot of money and because we didn't pay for this body and we don't realize that that it's more precious than anything else you own at this point. And so it really deserves to be taken better care of. So what about probiotics? I guess you go to the natural food store, the Whole Foods or wherever you go, buy five different types of fermented vegetables, five different types. Mm. Just make sure they're not pasteurized. So get sauerkraut, kimchi, miso, uh, uh, fermented beets, mm. curry flavored, five different types. And every day you have one forkful of one of the types of fermented vegetables. You want more, have more, but at least a forkful every day because that one forkful has, I'm not exaggerating, millions yeah. of good bacteria that help to support the good bacteria in your gut. Wow. And by changing them out, by having one of a different type every day, every couple of days, a different one, you're making sure because it's the diversity mm. of the bacteria in your gut that make you strong. It's the diversity, not just to have a whole lot of one type, like don't, don't eat sauerkraut every day. I mean, it's not bad for you, but um, you, you want to have sauerkraut and kimchi and beets and uh, miso you want to have different types of fermented foods every day, just a little bit. So you, the prebiotics, one root vegetable a day, two other prebiotics from the list of prebiotic foods on Google, okay. and then probiotics, a forkful or more. I mean, if you're a 180 to 200 pound guy, you need more yeah. than a 100 pound woman, right? Yes. So then you do two forkfuls. And if, if your kids don't like fermented vegetables, just put the spoon in there to get the juice and put it in their mashed potatoes. They don't have to taste it. it the taste has nothing to do with the benefit. Just get it in them any way you can. Oh, I have a great recipe because I was one of those people that I got really bored eating sauerkraut and, and fermented beets and I just didn't enjoy the texture. So what I do now, Dr. Tom, is I actually blend it in a blender, oh. a bunch of other things, and I make a dressing out of it. So, oh, how great. What a, oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's, nice that's because, why I mentioned beets, because I love the beet dressing. You just, I literally take the wow. entire jar, I toss it in, put a bunch of tablespoons of olive oil or macadamia nut oil. I'll throw some hemp seed in there, um, some salt, a little bit of apple cider vinegar if needed. And I'm coming to your house for dinner. 
<laughs> anytime, anytime. It sounds really great. It sounds oh, really it's brilliant. And then you just toss it in your salad and you don't yeah. even know that you're having any kind of a sauerkraut or boy, that's brilliant. And for guys, guys, I'd throw some pumpkin seeds in there also and grind, you know, grind up some pumpkin seeds yeah. and put it in there because pumpkin seeds are so good for your prostate. Oh. There's there's ingredients in pumpkin seeds that are really good for your prostate. And if you reach the age of 80, the studies say 80% of men will have prostate cancer. It's not what will take you down for most guys, but you don't want any of that stuff. So just a little bit of good food for your prostate. There's two foods that are really great for your prostate. The first one, pumpkin seeds. And the second one is tomato paste, which is in like tomato sauces. Uh, so tomato sauce on eggplant or you know whatever, but not just tomatoes because there's not much lycopene in an individual tomato, but tomato paste is cooked down tomatoes so you get much higher concentrations of the polyphenol called lycopene. So, uh, so having some tomato paste product every week is great. But the pumpkin seeds in your uh, fermented vegetable salad dressing is a great idea. Oh, I'm going to try that tomorrow for sure. Uh, great. What about those uh, packaged probiotics? Do you recommend yeah. those? Um, you know, um, there's there's some new science coming out. Um, well. The research has been clear for quite a while that taking probiotics, it seems to help. It does seem to help, but you can't colonize no. uh, your gut by taking those probiotics. They're, they're transient. They, they, they won't stick around. Um, they, they don't grab onto the walls of your intestine and colonize very well. Uh, but there are, there are many, many studies of some benefits from taking them. But I'd much rather have it from foods because those foods will change your microbiome in a week. Just one week, you've got a different microbiome by including the fermented vegetables. So okay. taking, taking the probiotic supplements is okay. okay. Uh, uh, we used to think it was great, but now we know that it's kind of like priming the pump, if you will. You know, if you've got an old hand pump, yeah, sometimes you have to pour water down there first, and then, you, then the pump will work. So yeah. taking probiotic supplements can be helpful to prime the pump, but it won't um, create new colonies on its own. It won't create the health you need. Correct. It comes from real food. And that was sort of, sort of my learning was, uh-uh, you can't take shortcuts. Because Dr. Tom, we all are looking for shortcuts. We are. We are. But yeah. look but for shortcuts. And, you know, unfortunately, we'll put that on your tombstone. You know, that we brought up. Shortcut, it didn't work out. <laughs> right, right. They tried the shortcut, it didn't work. <laughs> because we've grown up in a society that has trained us. Yes. We are trained not to take care of our health. We are trained to wait until the car breaks down yes. before we go to the mechanic. Yes. And then the mechanic uses duct tape and chicken wire yes. to hold it together as opposed to figuring out why did the car break down. Why did this body break down? And going upstream to figure out why. We're trained not to do that. And it's a billion and billions and billions of dollar pharmaceutical industry that's profiting from that way of thinking. I mean, what's in our bathroom? What is that thing on the wall in the bathroom? In every bathroom in America. The medicine closet. The medicine chest, the medicine yeah. closet. Exactly. It's not called the, the vitamin closet. Yeah. It's not called the health chest. No. It's a medicine chest, a medicine cabinet, a medicine closet. We've been trained to think that way. 
And it's why our health is getting worse and worse. That we all have to be thinking the way that you're thinking, Rhea, because you've learned from experience that you were going to die if you didn't change what you were doing. And I'm so grateful that you went through that because now you have the passion to carry this message out to the world. You bet. No one should be sick. No one needs to be sick. It's, it's a lot of needless suffering that I feel we're all going through. Yeah. And thank you to doctors like you that are taking the time to come and share their wisdom so we can get everybody educated. Um, so everybody can take charge of their health. Dr. Tom, how do we fix our guts that are leaking? The first thing we have to understand, you know, there's lots of packets out there and products and uh, I've had so many doctors come up to me uh, in seminars and say, I give glutamine for leaky gut. Yes. Zinc carnosine. Yes. And they stand there like, okay, well, that's good. That's helpful. <laughs> but glutamine doesn't turn the genes on to heal the gut that vitamin D does or that curcumin does, that there is no one, there is one product that if there's only one, there's one, and I'll talk about that. But what's most important to understand is that you can give products to heal the intestinal permeability, and the studies are pretty clear that uh, these products can help, but the environment that the intestinal permeability is in, the tube itself, the inside of the tube, the microbiome, you have to change the microbiome because if you have a disease, you've got a diseased microbiome. That disease developed over time because the microbiome that you have allowed that disease to develop over time. So in your case, you had colon cancer and your microbiome allowed that to occur. There's no way you would have gotten to the health that you currently have unless you also addressed your microbiome. Absolutely. So that means what we talked about previously with the pre and the probiotics is a critical component to set the stage to heal intestinal permeability. And then, of course, we talked just a little bit about wheat and that everyone gets uh, tears in the cheesecloth when they eat wheat. So you have to get the wheat out of there. There are many other foods that may trigger intestinal permeability if you have a sensitivity to them, so you have to find out what those are. Uh, but the first and most important thing is the awareness that you're on the path to rebuild a healthier microbiome. Okay. That's really critical. You know, you, you don't get that in five minutes or 10 yeah. minutes. I mean, that's How just- How long does it take? Say it again? How long does it take to heal someone from a leaky gut or to heal a leaky gut? Realistically? Uh, you can see changes on repeat testing uh, within two months, two to three months. But if they, but if they don't continue the process, it'll come back. Right. It'll come back again. You can't go back to the old way of living. That's the whole thing about going upstream. Right. You have to figure out what fell in the river and make sure that you don't go down that river again. Right. Right. You just can't do that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the nutrients that help heal intestinal permeability. There are many, there are many good studies. And what I'm about to tell you is by no means exclusive. Um, these are just the ones that have a whole lot of studies behind them and they work in unison really well. So the first is vitamin D. Mm. 
See, if you think of intestinal permeability, intestinal permeability is like the Panama Canal, mm. that um, the gates open into the lumen and food comes in, the gates close. The immune system checks out, what is this thing coming in here? Mm. Then the back gates open, the food goes further down, then those gates close. The immune system checks again, what is this thing? And it's an opening and closing of a number of um, uh, gates for food and nutrients to come through the walls of the intestine into the bloodstream, through the cheesecloth and getting in there. Vitamin D controls the opening and closing of the gates. So that's why vitamin D is so important. And for taking vitamin D to help with intestinal permeability, you don't want to take the liquids that absorb under your tongue. Those are really good for systemic vitamin D, but you want the capsules or the tablets that go down in the gut because that's where you want the vitamin D is in the gut to help with the intestinal permeability. Oh, I see. Now, the liquid vitamin D, I recommend it a lot. It's called mycelized because it's absorbed much better uh, for systemic health and every tissue in your body needs vitamin D. So in general, that's a, a more comprehensive form to take. But for healing the gut, you want the capsules or the tablets um, to get down there. Vitamin D. The next is um, the active ingredient in the spice turmeric is called curcumin. Mm -hmm. And curcumin is the most potent natural anti-inflammatory that I've ever seen. There are hundreds and hundreds of studies on it. And it turns on genes that vitamin D does not. So curcumin. The next is fish oils, the good fats from fish, uh, EPA, DHA. They are anti-inflammatory. They calm down the fire in the gut and they stimulate the immune system to um, heal the intestinal permeability. The next is zinc carnosine. Zinc carnosine, there are 18 different, different types of zinc. Zinc carnosine is the type that has great benefits for your gastrointestinal tract to help heal damaged gastrointestinal tracts. The next and the biggest kahuna is colostrum. Colostrum, you know, is the first three days of mother's breast milk is not milk, it's colostrum. Mm -hmm. And colostrum is the one that turns on all the genes in the gut that says close intestinal permeability, build the receptors for the good bacteria, so that all that good bacteria can lock in on the lining, inside lining of the gut, and then colonize and build nice, strong families of good bacteria. Colostrum does all of that. And there's one type of colostrum that uh, uh, is head and shoulders, the best that I've ever found. Um, My friend, uh, Dr. Andrew Keach, uh, was born and raised on a dairy farm in New Zealand, and he learned really quick, if you don't feed these calves colostrum, they die. Within a week, they die. You can't give them milk. And then he learned that humans that were sick, if they took colostrum, they got better. Mm -hmm. So he decided he was going to dedicate his life to making the best colostrum in the world. So he went to Oxford and got a PhD in mechanical and chemical engineering. And I said, Andrew, I get it, Oxford, PhD, way to go, man, high five, way to go. But mechanical engineering. Yeah. What? What? And he said, Well, Tom, I knew I was going to make the best colostrum in the world, and no one knows how to do it. So I was going to have to learn how to build the equipment to do it. Oh. 
Wow. So he spent eight years to do this. Wow. His colostrum is so good. Three governments in Africa, three countries in Africa, license his colostrum as the first treatment of choice that they pay for when somebody's diagnosed with HIV. Oh, wow. That's the same colostrum that's on my, my website. It's called GS Immune Restore, and it restores your immune system. So if there's only one thing you're going to take to heal the gut, along with the pre and the probiotics, and stop the foods that are throwing gasoline on the fire, it's that colostrum. There's nothing like it on the planet. Interesting you say that because I took the Sovereign Labs colostrum for about a year. Yeah. And I wasn't aware that there was a better formula. So I'm definitely going to check that out. And it's not something I've taken in a while. So I think it's time for me to kind of do a maintenance uh, dosage of it. And uh, you have to take that on an empty stomach. Am I right? Uh, no, you don't have to. No, not at all. My, my wife makes a smoothie out of it. She puts it in our smoothie drink with our vegetables and stuff. Uh, uh, so it's, it's great for that. She also does it sometimes plain just with some water and a little hand mixer. And she puts some applesauce. Oh, that's the other thing I almost forgot. Yeah. Uh, to heal the gut. Yes. Uh, in England, this is from my friends, doctors Michael Ash and Anthony Haynes in London. They call it stewed apples. Mm. I call it applesauce. Okay. Right? So you take some apples. I take four or five apples, um, organic. Uh, wash them off. You know, but but leave the skins on. Uh, cut, dice them up. Throw the seeds away. And you dice them up and throw them in a pot, add water about a third the height of the apples, okay. throw some cinnamon in, bring it to a boil. Let it boil in about five minutes, six minutes, something like that. You look in there, and when you see a shine on the skin, when it's starting to shine, turn it off, you're done. Huh. The shine, you're releasing the pectin okay. from the apples. Okay. Now, pectin, when you eat pectin, it increases a really good guy in your gut called intestinal alkaline phosphatase, IAP. And intestinal alkaline phosphatase is a really good guy for you because it prevents the bad bacteria from getting into your gut. It stimulates healing, the healing genes to repair intestinal permeability. It feeds the good bacteria. So my patients have two tablespoons a day. And if you're a 200-pound person, you have four tablespoons a day. You know, it's not specific, the amount, but you don't need to eat a big bowl. But every day, you just have a couple spoons full of applesauce. Yeah. And another little piece of the puzzle that you're turning the genes on to heal, reduce inflammation, and rebuild a healthier microbiome. Love it. Such simple, easy to do things, which our grandparents used to do, right? If you go That's back right. to your ancestors, applesauce, apple pie, apple stewed, that an apple a day, an, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. That's this is why. Because it heals intestinal permeability. It increases intestinal alkaline phosphatase and heals intestinal permeability. That's the mechanism. Wow. Now we have the answer to why an apple a day makes That's a lot right. of sense. That's right. In addition to healing the leaky gut, you know, autoimmune has a lot more components to it. What else do we need to be on the lookout for? What else can we do? The most important thing you know, in, in this short time that we have together, if, if you give me 10 hours, you know, we do. A whole yes, I know. Well, that's the boot camp we're going to do, right? <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, the most important thing that you can do is embrace the understanding. 
it's going to take you six months mm -hmm. to learn at one hour a week, just one hour a week or one hour a day, you know, whatever you can allocate, but just one hour to go back upstream and yeah. look at all of the different things that are throwing gasoline on the fire in your life. We talked about air. Yes. We talked about plastics. Mm -hmm. We talked about, you know, Water. do you know anyone whose life was saved by sleeping under flame retardant bedding? <laughs> but we breathe that stuff in every night. It outgasses every night. And you're breathing that. So you, you can't tell because you can't smell it. But, uh, you know, or like when, when you're pumping gas, sometimes you're standing there and you can smell the gas. That's benzene. <laughs> benzene is a neurotoxin to your brain. And we just stand there, we're smelling the gas, you know, while it's going. So what do you do? Well, you're downwind. Walk around to the other side of the hose and now you're upwind and you don't smell it anymore. Exactly. But it's gonna take you months to start thinking like that. You know, to start, yeah, wait a minute, what am I smelling? Oh, you know, it's gonna take months to train yourself yes. to think differently how to be kind to yourself and take care of this body. That's the most important thing. If you can embrace the idea, mm -hmm. base hits, win the ball game. I want to learn new base hits every week, just a couple of base hits. Yes. In six months to a year, you've got this down. Yes. You've got it down. I love how you say, you know, it's reframing the context. And yes. listening to you, I'm thinking, you're almost saying, Get on the defensive. Defend yourself because exactly you're under right. attack. You are under attack. You're exactly right. I've never thought of it that way, but we are. Neither. We are, right? I didn't think of it until listening to them saying, wait a minute, we're under attack from the yeah. water we drink to the air we breathe to the things we watch, by the way. We haven't even talked about that yet, the emotional upheaval that we go through when we, when we watch stuff that's being displayed on television, to the clothes we put on, to the makeup we wear, to the food we eat, to the drinks, all of it is actually attacking us. That's right, that's exactly right. Let me give you one more example, if I may, yes. one more. The most common autoimmune disease is thyroid dysfunction mm -hmm. and Hashimoto's, and it's nine times more common in women than men and all of that. Well, Mrs. Patient, when you're on the elevator of a hotel, when the elevator doors open, can you tell the swimming pool's on that floor right away? Yes. And so many people say, oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. You're sensitive to chlorine. Yeah. You're smelling the chlorine. Now, why is that important? Because there are three chemicals. See, the way our hormones work, mm -hmm. they're traveling in the bloodstream. Hormones are in the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And... They go by a cell and there's a receptor site on the cell facing out into the bloodstream. The receptor site is like a catcher's mitt and the pitcher throws the ball to the catcher. Mm -hmm. So there are receptor sites for every hormone. So estrogen goes into an estrogen receptor site. It won't go into a thyroid receptor site. Mm -hmm. Testosterone goes into a testosterone receptor site. It won't go into an estrogen receptor site. Mm -hmm. So all the hormones have receptors Mm -hmm. sitting on the outside of the cell facing the bloodstream. There's only two substances for which there are receptor sites on every cell of your body. There's only two substances, as far as I know. There's only two. One is vitamin D. That's how important vitamin D is to every cell of your body. And we'll have a session on vitamin D in the future. Uh, the other is thyroid, thyroid hormone. Every cell in your body needs thyroid hormone. Why? Because thyroid hormone 
is the thermostat on the wall of every cell of your body determining how hot that cell works. That's called your metabolism. And just like in your house, you turn the temperature down at night, you know, uh, while you're sleeping to save fuel, and then it automatically turns back up in the morning before everybody gets up. That's your thyroid hormone. So people that have thyroid imbalances, they've got cold hands and feet. They yes. sometimes wear socks to bed. Yes. They feel sluggish. Um, they're chilled often. They can't lose weight even if they don't eat for two or three days. They can't lose weight. And those are thyroid-type symptoms. There are many, many symptoms of thyroid, but it's because the thermostat's turned down. Now, mm -hmm. there are three chemicals that sit in thyroid receptor sites. They're attracted to, and they sit in thyroid receptor sites, and they don't break down and go away. They just sit there. Mm -hmm. And if you've got these chemicals sitting in the thyroid receptor site, when thyroid hormone comes by, it's like the pitcher throws a fastball to the catcher, but he's got three baseballs in his, his glove. So the fastball just bounces back out. These are people that have blood tests for thyroid hormone, and it's normal, but they've got all thyroid symptoms. Me. Exactly. It's because the thyroid hormone is not getting in the cell. It's not getting the cell because the cells are all blocked up. Can you smell chlorine? Oh, yeah, I smell chlorine. Well, that's why. It's because those three chemicals are chlorine, fluoride and bromine bromines and breads chlorine fluoride and bromine so people that have any of those types of symptoms they need chlorine shower filters because that's where you get more chlorine than anywhere else is you inhale it the steam in the shower 20 minutes a day maybe sometimes <laughs> twice a day yeah yeah so that's an example of the environment and when you learn this and then you go on and you you know you go um, you go to Whole Foods or you, you go to uh, Consumer Reports and look at the reports on chlorine shower filters. Yes. And they'll tell you which ones look to be the best and which ones, how long they last. And You know, you, you replace the filter. So they're so easy to put on. You unscrew the shower head. You put the whole filter on there. Then you screw the shower head on the other side of it. It's really easy. And then every six months, I just change the filter inside that unit. Okay. It's easy to do. But, but that's a base hit. And when you do that, you'll notice within a couple of weeks, your hair has a nice shine to it. Your skin feels softer because you're not being exposed to all that chlorine. What it, what, that's on my to-do list now for next week. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, the other two chemicals, fluoride, so that's the toothpaste, right? The cavities, fluoride. We don't need fluoride in our toothpaste, do we, Dr. Tom? We do not. We do not. If you read the history of where fluoride came from, it was a garbage product from the chemical industry, and someone had the bright idea, let's see if we can put it in the toothpaste, because I think it's an antibacterial, or, and so let's try it. Let's see if we can put it in the toothpaste. There's, uh, and in the water. They used to put fluoride in the water also. And it's just, um, there is so much evidence how dangerous it is for us to have fluoride and chlorine. I'm, I'm not saying chlorine's not necessary. Yeah. It, Chlorine, chlorine is necessary by all means, but then before the water gets to you and your family, you filter it out. That's so right. if, you, if you can afford it, you get a whole house water filtration system. That means so all the sinks when you're brushing your teeth, in the kitchen, the water you're drinking, and in the shower, it's all chlorine-free. Yes. Now that makes a shower filter. Dr. Tom, thank you. Thank you so much.
That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.